there we are hi everyone hello hey. everyone a big welcome back to girlhood hi um what episode is 11 i was gonna say yeah episode 11 i was gonna say like, what the hell set up yeah if you could see us both right now <laughs> this is like maxed relaxed <laughs> i want to take a picture actually <laughs> yeah take a photo oh that's cute sorry <laughs> anyways <laughs> yeah we're both honestly autumnal setups it's raining outside yeah a sunset lamp on love it absolutely oh. love it I've got a candle I've got these honestly these flowers behind me I'm not even joking you don't they look, still look like quite nice mm-hmm. I've had them since I moved in in August no way. <laughs> where did you get them from in August yeah <laughs> oh they've got no like the, the water's like moldy in the um oh that happened honestly that happened to mine we've got some like big lily plants in the living room and like I yeah like, I'm gonna keep them alive and honestly I walked in this morning and like I don't know what it is about lily plants they're like they like release this like white powder and it's they do rare. it's so mm. weird but that is gross I know but yeah. yeah like I think they still look really nice like still very autumnal I do I like um, yeah they look really nice thanks I was gonna say I feel like Alan needs to do like a house tour on Instagram (laughs) (laughs) do like do like reels yeah do like an Instagram reel of the flat it is adorable it is so nice um it just it just gets messy so quickly Mm. I think every house does yeah definitely I'm very much a neat freak like in my house especially like I've just like done a clean of the kitchen I was like I feel so much better afterwards like I just feel like I've got a clear, clear mind whenever I, I know kitchen in my living room, even though they're not the prettiest. Yeah, definitely. Student, but um, yeah, but no, especially big houses as well. Like when you share yeah, them with like yeah, big, like I mean. a big amount of people. Yeah, and like six isn't a lot, but like I feel like yeah, living with a lot of people. Yeah, the quality of the houses just like decreases massively when it's like a massive group of people. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the only reason ours is like still nice because it's just like two two bedrooms yeah, yeah that's cool. so it is nice it's nice <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about no we're not um so it's episode did you say it was 11 11 uh, yeah episode 11 um today is going to be a bit more of like not a, i don't want to say serious because we're, we're like we're never serious <laughs> no we're never serious but like it's on basically on therapy like our own experiences experiences with it why therapy might not be for you yeah um kind of like why you kind of don't need there's no kind of valid reason to go to therapy I feel like a lot of people think that like especially with me like I was very much like I put it off for so long because I was like yeah like it's not diagnosed yet so I was like I don't feel like I should be going I feel like the doctors might think it's like a waste of time blah 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 yeah so untrue yeah (laughs) but yeah, we thought we'd start off with just kind of like we're saying this with might do like an interview style kind of yeah. we're about our own experiences and stuff. Yeah, so, just talk about like our personal experiences with therapy. Yeah. Um like not trying to push people either way. Like I'm not saying don't oh, go to therapy. I'm not saying, oh, you need therapy. Like I'm just saying yeah. <laughs> like you need therapy, gal. Like <laughs> just just like our well-rounded experiences of going mm-hmm. to therapy. um because it's something that I don't think is talked about like it's sort of like if you go to therapy you don't talk about it you don't talk about what goes on in that room yeah like that you and that therapist 
yeah isn't like, it goes off from the rest of the world and like it's such a like what's the word um what's it when it's like um anyways it's just something that no one ever kind of talks about and like no like if I feel like I'd be quite scared to ask someone about it so it's like mm-hmm. nice that we're able to interview each other about it yeah definitely um so who wants to go first do you want me to yeah go for it yeah go for it just so, kind of like so if you just give me kind of like when when did you realize you need to kind of needed to go to therapy kind of like yeah yeah so if you want to start with that like sort of talking about like that Mm -hmm. kind of what made you realize you needed to yeah Mm -hmm. oh shit am I going first (laughs) (laughs) Um. I was like I was like yeah yeah go for it so I didn't really I thought I was asking you the questions first I got it I've got it I've got it either way girl it's fine no no it's all good it's all good I'm ready um so for me um I think I was I was trying to think I think I was 15 when I had my first therapy Mm -hmm. and to me like it was sort of just like handed to me like yeah so um I think I did my first therapy session about two weeks after my mom died, which right. looking back is like, what? Like, That's I'm not ready to start true. processing those emotions that yeah, like yeah. that that soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it was basically like part and parcel of me going back to school. Um, at my school, we had like, um, we didn't have like head of years. We had like head of house blocks. So like yeah. the whole school was like divided into like four house blocks. Um, and they would take care of like everyone in that house block like no matter what year mm-hmm. so like my head of house block for like the pastoral care was sort of like oh we've got this really good counselor who like comes into the school two days a week um why don't you just go go and have some therapy and I was like yeah. okay I was, yeah. I was a bit like right okay and you sort of think that that's at the time I sort of thought that that was the right thing to do I was like I'm being proactive in my grief like I'm not just like not acknowledging it I thought like this is what everybody does. <laughs> like yeah, this I feel is like what everyone does. So much, there must have been so much pressure on you to kind of do something about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was also it felt sort of like <laughs> we don't really know how to handle this situation. So we're gonna send you to somebody who supposedly knows more about it than we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I met this like one counselor who I went to all the way from like year eleven to year thirteen because I stayed on at sixth form. Um, and I used to meet like uh, once a week um, and it was just I think a really weird counselling experience mm-hmm. like a lot of it because she wasn't like now that I've like been to external talking therapies like there's people who specialize in bereavement there's people in, who specialize in like anxiety different mm-hmm. types of therapy you know there's talking therapy there's CBT like there's all sorts of therapies out there where it was just like me and this woman who was brought in to talk and like to talk to me who would just like yeah. sit there and she'd be like I know this is what therapists do but then she was like I'm just gonna let you talk for the hour and I was like no like I can't about yeah. me I cannot stand awkward silence like I cannot <laughs> yeah, I can't maybe. cope with it and like I would just sit like, there like kind of with something that you need to get to know someone before you can like willingly open yeah. up like that you know yeah I mean? fully it was like it was such an intense situation and like from like week two she was making me bring in like memory boxes like she was like mm-hmm. making me make like a memory box of my mom and stuff and like I'd barely met this woman I'd only just lost my mom it was yeah. just 
the most bizarre situation and I think it wasn't helped like by the situation the fact that I was at school at the time so like Mm -hmm. I did them in school time so like I would maybe like miss lesson three and then have to like go back into like classes as if nothing happened Mm -hmm. and like talking about somebody that you love dying for an hour and then just like going and doing a German lesson like like it was just so hard to be able to just like switch off like I'd spend that hour like crying my eyes out and then be like right okay gotta just like go and learn some German now yeah I feel like school therapy are some things that you just don't want to like no together either like you just like yeah and it was horrific yeah like the other thing that I found so weird um like I'd be interested if anyone's ever had school therapy to know if they were the same but like it was like so secret like it was like top secret that I had therapy like um like if I ever forgot or whatever um the the therapist would like ring whatever lesson I was in and be like oh Eleanor's got like a therapy appointment whatever the teacher would like sneak over and be like I need to talk to you outside and like like, make this massive like deal make this huge deal out of like um this mystery of where I was going to disappear off to yeah bring your bag like bring your bag I need to go and talk to you outside and it's like just tell everyone I'm going to therapy like I do I don't care it was yeah like that was it was so weird like it was it was like top secret information that I went to therapy and I couldn't care less like I obviously understand like some people obviously aren't as comfortable in in like sharing where they're at with their mental health and whatever so I can understand that the school were probably doing it to like um, support the students. I didn't want everybody to know, but yeah. like, there's so many ways that you could do that without it's- being like, "Wait, Eleanor, I need to talk to you outside. Bring your bag." Obvious, if anything, like- it just made it so much more obvious. It was like, yeah. "Oh, where's she going at the same time every week?" Like, yeah, it was just yeah. so stupid. Like, it was yeah. So that was like my first proper experience with therapy. Uh-huh. So how long? Um, did, how long did you do that in school? Like, was it like? from like year 11 onwards or yeah so I did it like um so my mum passed in the October of year 11 so like basically the start of the year um I did that all the way through my GCSE year and most of year 12 when I got to year 13 I just I wasn't engaging with it like I wasn't engaging with it anymore like I feel like my tether with that like not my tether with her because there was nothing wrong with her but like my tether with that point in my therapy was reached like there yeah. was no there was nothing being learned there was nothing being benefited by having these conversations with the same woman right um and I just I just basically said like this is not working for me anymore um and then left it basically all of year 13 and then it wasn't until I went back to uni mm-hmm. that I accessed like student services here and right. got therapy <laughs> again mm-hmm. um so the difference between support for mental health in secondary school like compared to uni I feel like yeah a lot better and they are yeah oh yeah like the therapy that I had at uni even though you barely got any of it like I got six sessions Mm -hmm. and that was for my three years at uni yeah so they were like um three years what the yeah so like I thought it was six sessions per academic year Mm. but it was like six sessions per time at university so I got I've had my six like I can't go back oh shit (laughs) it's so weird it's so weird like so much as well like I remember when I did like um face-to-face therapy it was weird because I got like six sessions and then Mm. 
was it like six or eight sessions and then it's like at the end of that eight session they're just kind of like okay <laughs> we're done now and it's like really strange it's like yeah where do I go from here yeah like, isn't it because it becomes such a comfort as well for me as well going every week was like someone to talk to and it's like when you kind of left yeah like alone like it's just kind of like shit like what do I do now like, what do I do I just think it's like absolutely madness that like they basically said to me like oh well in life just remember all these things we've talked about all these strategies that we've, t- we've came up with and it's like okay I had six weeks of it like that's not training me for life that's not yeah. set me up for life like what do you want me to do now like what do I do now uh-huh. <laughs> like I remember just walking out and being like what do I do now that's like, what I mean you're so on your own because even though they've taught you this stuff and like like skills and stuff sometimes you just need someone there to kind of just like like guide you put you back on track encourage you to do it because sometimes you like don't want to do it and you're just like so you need someone there to constantly like motivate you to do this yeah yeah fully um so what about you what was your first experiences of therapy so mine was how old are so mine was the first year of sixth form yeah um so in sixth form like sixth form was like so many of my friends know that like six homes just a horrible place for me like I hated it yeah um, and I suffered really badly in the first year with like panic disorder and anxiety um yeah. but even though it wasn't like diagnosed yeah I felt, like a part of me I think it was my mom mentioned me going um and was it was it yeah she'd mentioned me going um to therapy and I'd put it off for so long because I was just yeah. like oh it's gonna be a waste of time yeah. because I wasn't like diagnosed I thought yeah. that I'd like go there and be like they'd just like turn me down or like laugh at me or something like yeah. that um but no I finally kind of got the courage to do it but it at the beginning it like I could only do it through the phone like you know like talking therapies it was it the talking therapies you went through yes because the waiting list for face-to-face was going to be like six months so I thought yeah I was in quite a desperate position so I was just like you know I'll try and do on the phone but this is like the same with you like sometimes like a certain type of therapy isn't right for you like talking therapies on the phone was like I've Uh two sessions because I have really bad phone anxiety like so do I which people don't realize is a thing but it's like whenever I tell someone I've got phone anxiety like they'll just like laugh and I'm like it's a thing no it's totally a thing it's totally a thing I remember my first one that I got I didn't answer the phone my mom was literally like running around the house after me like pick it up pick it up I was like I can't I can't yeah Um, but yeah I did like two sessions worth of that um, and it mm-hmm. didn't work for me. So I decided to like try and refer myself to face to face. Yeah. Um, and then after like a five month wait, I managed to get mm. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, so my therapy lasted like one, I think it was like a year and a year and a half. Um, yeah. And over that time, I had two different different therapists. Yeah. Both were, like so, so different. Um, yeah. I feel like as well, like therapy isn't like a one size fits all kind no. of thing. try different types of therapy to kind of get to kind 100%. of see you because I know like my second therapist was like I love them both but like the second one was so much better for me yeah um, but yeah it was it was nice face to face is very nice definitely I'm, I'm, that's one of the things I'm most proud of like actually going to therapy going yeah um, it's it is it's it's such a huge thing hmm. like um apart from the ones that I've had at school I did 
one on the phone therapy yeah. with mind mm-hmm. um and then that was the same the gp so like in that in between time i had like i had an on the phone appointment and then i was the same I didn't officially have a diagnosis of anything and then went back to the gp and got a diagnosis and went on to antidepressants mm-hmm. um while i waited for the in person and then covid hit right so I totally know exactly what you mean about phone therapy. Like Mm -hmm. I knew from that one session that it was not for me. You just know. Not for me. And I think as well, it could be, I know a lot of people that have done it and have absolutely loved it, but like. Yeah, because it's from the comfort of your own home. You're in control. I just, if I can't see somebody's facial expressions or like I can't, it wasn't personalized. It wasn't, it's not personalized at all for me. Like I just, it didn't work for me at all. Mm -hmm. I feel like as well with me for stuff like that, I have to be like, you have to literally like push me. Whereas if I was sat on the phone, I'd I'd be looking at the end button. I'd just be like, I'm going to click it. Like I can't do this. Whereas face to face. I'm going to click it. Yeah. Yeah, I used to turn my phone off while they try to ring. Yeah, literally. And they would, my, it would get to the time they were going to ring me, and I'd be like, "Oh, my phone's oh, that just is the worst." Conveniently, at this time, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> "Like staring." My phone conveniently would die at that time. I'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> oh well, I missed another one." <laughs> but no, I felt like that with phone therapy. Um, but yeah, I feel yeah. like as well, like there's so like another thing, like people when we're saying like we didn't have a proper diagnosis like mm-hmm. I've kind of learned that there's no like valid reason to go to therapy no. like every reason's like justifiable and like with it even if it's like say a breakup or like 100% self-improvement or like if you're like even if you just feel like you're like running out of like steam and feel like that doesn't mean because you don't have a diagnosis it doesn't mean that you're not like eligible. you're not at this stage yeah you're not eligible mm. I think a lot of people feel that as well yeah definitely. I definitely felt that yeah I definitely felt like there was probably people who were like further in their diagnosis than me who probably needed the therapy more than I did yeah even though I was like crying for help like I was yeah, pleading yeah, out for help true. it and doesn't like, matter what maybe, stage you're at yeah people may be in the same position as you and like be like oh well like or like I don't know like people who are probably if anything people who are worse than you worse than you are like mm-hmm. thinking oh like I'm not worth it like other people need it you know what I mean so 100 like, like people just like brushing it off and being like no other people need it more than me yeah is- yeah yeah it's a good way of excusing yourself of getting out of it when you actually really oh, need yeah. it like yeah, oh yeah, people yeah. need this more than me uh-huh. like if you're in that state nobody needs it like nobody needs something more than you do like you have to think of yourself as a priority um Mm -hmm. and it's so easy to slip between the net of with um mental health services and stuff so when that opportunity is like there you've just Mm -hmm. got to go for it um which is just sorry I was gonna say was there anything that um carry on sorry you finished no 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 go sure yeah I was gonna say is there anything in therapy that like didn't work for you or like um I think it was probably just based on the type of therapy I had so like I had talking therapy for a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and for me it just doesn't it just doesn't work like I don't know like I tried to explain this to the doctors like along like a year or so ago like when they were trying to like 
take me off the anti-dep- uh, antidepressants to, to just prioritize talking therapy and I was like look it just doesn't work like I I don't like it's like what I said before like obviously they can't they can't give their opinion on what what you're saying they just can only sort of like they can't um they can only empathize with your situation they can't like sort of get, tell you explicitly if you're right or wrong and all that sort of stuff where I kind of just needed like a guiding voice like I didn't want somebody to be like um I wanted somebody to tell me what to do officially like essentially uh I just wanted them to be like this is what you do this is what you're going through let's talk about it oh and I wanted them to be like oh that's really shitty or like oh that's horrible but I didn't have that yeah like I just wanted I just wanted somebody to basically tell me basically man me in the session and be like this is what you do yeah yeah and there's so many sorry go on no no it's fine I'm just saying like with therapy they're there to they're there to help you understand it and rationalize it why these things happen why you feel the ways you do um and when I got down to the nitty-gritty of it all especially um about halfway through my therapy with the university was sort of stopped um talking about the grief side of it and more about like my anxiety side of it and like right. how that was affecting my life and when I was trying to actually like think of techniques that were working for me that worked for me it was useful but like the times where I would just sit and be like this is really shit that mom died mm-hmm. I can't get out of bed because I feel so shit that mom died that wasn't work like that just doesn't work for me for them to just sit there and be like oh yeah 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 like that doesn't work for me and yeah I needed the therapy to be proactive and a lot of the times it wasn't mm-hmm. I was gonna say like there's oh there's only so oh my god did that just blow no it was my son that lamp <laughs> it literally looked like it blew up honestly <laughs> in, the, in the camera it looked like it blew up <laughs> But I was going to say, there's only so many times you can fill in like a sheet saying out on a scale of one to 10. Yeah. Like I remember that used to, that was the one thing that like, as much as it probably did work for me, like, I feel like it wasn't a, like a proper representation of how no. I was I remember in my therapy. So I did that every week. It would be like a sheet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I did the same. On a scale of one to 10. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and like, it got to the end and she put all my marks together and it made like a graph of like how I was doing. She's like, yeah, so as you can see by the graph, like you're doing really well. Mm-hmm. Like I can leave you on like a good point. I was literally just sat there like, and this was when I felt probably felt the worst as well. So I was just mm-hmm. like, oh my God, just kind of, and then, but then like with stuff like that, I just go along with it. And I'm just like, yeah, so do I. Okay. So do yeah. I. Um, and as well, like, I feel like in therapy as well, there's so many things that you learn about yourself and like, mm-hmm they kind of like they probably tell you kind of the ugly truth of things like yes I was about to say that things you don't want to know about yourself sometimes come up and I'm like oh I don't want to hear it Um, but I remember because there's a thing that I struggle with with my anxiety like I don't struggle with it as half as bad now but like noises used to be really really bad Mm. when I was sat in class and stuff and um, and I went to therapy one day and she like went out of our way to kind of try and figure out like what what it was. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the um I can't remember the name of it now, but it's literally called like the fear of noise. Yeah. As soon as she told me that, I was just like, I feel like valued. Yeah, like I feel like I'm not going crazy, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So the the good was stuff like that. Mm. Oh, definitely. I think like 
I think that's the thing. It's it's a safe space. Like this is one of the times where I thought maybe like I always used to think I would never want to do group therapy, but then also I sort of appreciate those sorts of things where you think, oh my God, I'm not going mental. Like I would say things to her like really deep things about like um, how I felt about like the loss and stuff and like things, how that like made me feel and like how it made me like reflect on my own life and stuff. And like, she would be like, that is so common. Like that is, and I would be like, I think I'm, I'm saying something stupid. Like I'm being stupid. And she was like, you are not. Oh yeah. I always used to be like, I think I'm stupid. Like I am being stupid. You, you can just tell us if this is stupid, but <laughs> this is how I feel. And she'd be like, nothing that you say in this room is stupid. Like I've heard it all a million times over and I'd be like, oh, thank God. I'm not the only oh, person yeah. that feels like that. It's like the relief, isn't it? Like, yeah. Like even if that was the only good thing that came from that session that day, like that I knew I wasn't alone mm-hmm. or that I knew that she'd heard that before or yeah. what, a, like just knowing that you're part of like a wider, excuse me, community that like, understand even if you don't know them like just knowing you're not the only person like is such a a good part of the therapy Uh uh-huh yeah definitely did you ever like get anxiety around like going to therapy because I know oh yeah such a massive issue like Mm -hmm. building up the courage to actually like get yourself to therapy therapy groups because I think that's such even going to like one session a week is such a brave thing to do like crazy and like actively like seeking help is such a like courageous thing to do yeah Um, like a lot of the time um I used to have it on like a Tuesday or Thursday and I used to just go to the lesson that I was supposed to have and just act like it didn't happen and every time that that phone rang and I knew it was her saying like I was meant to have a a session I feel I would just it was horrible it was so horrible because some days it's like it's so sad saying it now but like some days I didn't want to be the girl at school whose mama died yeah like, I just wanted to get on with my day mm-hmm. I didn't want to then go and sit for an hour and talk about it so like I think it's important to say like this is obviously like a really personal experience of therapy I'm not saying that this happens to everybody I think yeah. because I'd had to have it at school like that was why all these feelings like arose with it but oh, a lot yeah. of the time like I just wanted to be a normal girl who it hadn't happened to it didn't happen to and I could just go and have that like history lesson or whatever I was missing and like just act like the world I was numb to the world everything else just didn't matter uh-huh. um so there was a lot of times that I used to absolutely dread it and then a lot of times where I would dread it and then feel so much better than I went yeah um but I think it's what you say like it, is, it takes so much strength encourage within yourself to to sit and have a basically a stranger analyze you and help you through a situation that like you've obviously you can't cope with on your own that's a thing as well so brave yeah and I think at the start like I know I was really like like with each of my therapists like at the beginning the first couple weeks I was very much like withheld like yeah when it got to like week three or four I remember like I got the point where I was like crying in front of them like I was like revealing like my deepest darkest secrets to them yeah it was like it was like it's such a like nice release when you get because you kind of like build a relationship you do definitely yeah and as well when you're in there like you just kind of forget about everything which don't you you forget you're talking to somebody I think sometimes there's somehow I don't know whether it's like the the room or what but like sometimes 
they're like they're just in my brain (laughs) things come out that I didn't even mean to say and I'm like how did you get that out of my brain like how did you manage to pry that out of my brain when I've been suppressing that for like years in it like it's mental it's crazy the power of therapy oh god Um, yeah yeah so for your experience did you did you just do therapy and then try antidepressants or did you were you doing both alongside each other so mine was like completely like it sounds really bad but I feel like I've got to like so I went through so I finished my therapy and yeah. I feel like at the end of my as much as it really did help and like I have no regrets going to therapy is like at all like it's one of the best things I've ever done yeah at the end of like therapy that's when I kind of like spiraled into like a worse position yeah um so it was it was really horrendous um and then I remember, so I'm trying to think when it finished. It must have finished, I must have finished my therapy like the end of, mid to end of 2019. 2019. Yeah. Um, and then COVID happened. And I remember it was the beginning of COVID. I made the mm-hmm. decision to go on, anti, well, try and get referred to go on antidepressants. Yeah. Um, but like, it's so fuzzy. Like, I can't even remember the process of like, getting onto them um I know but like all those doctor's appointments I just felt were like so so fuzzy and everything yeah you just Um, go brain dead don't you yeah um but like oh my god can we talk about the side effects of (laughs) Jesus Christ absolutely let me just get my list out of all the problems that I've had like so I started on them like that's like also like sometimes I feel bad for relying on antidepressants but then I'm just like I shouldn't feel bad about it oh no I'm so dependent on them you know what I mean um yeah so I don't know about you but I'm on sertraline Um, that's what I've just came off came off so just came off yeah so when you first came on like what was it like did you get like was it a lot did you get a lot of physical effects of them yeah so I think I started sertraline um after a bit of a battle with my GP basically mm-hmm. who was like oh this is just bereavement like this is just bereavement and I was like this is four years later mm-hmm. like this is four years later how can you be saying that it's just bereavement mm-hmm. like it's just you just miss your mom and I was like no oh my I wanna, god I literally want I literally people and I was like I literally want to off myself <laughs> Like, yes, like this is on. not bereavement this is yeah. not bereavement. I'm literally sitting here telling you that I'm I'm crying out for help yeah, literally and he was like okay well you've clearly made your mind up that you want to go on antidepressants and I was like I've told you talking therapies don't work they've not worked for me I'm literally I'm crying out for help yeah mm-hmm. so anyway he put me on he put me on sertraline and like <laughs> the from there on my brain just exploded so like oh my goodness did you ever experience brain zaps oh don't so basically oh my goodness during covid I um like moved out of my student flat and came home right um so it was about probably April time mm-hmm. I ran out of antidepressants like I, I ran out of them oh um God. And then it was like four days that it was going to take for the for the next like batch of them to arrive. So I went four days and I was like, I hadn't really like looked at the side effects of just like cutting them cold turkey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I was I was being sick. I passed out and really? um, my brain every time I moved, I, I basically thought I had vertigo. Oh <laughs> like I thought God. I had vertigo because every time I moved, like I was just going dizzy and like feeling mm-hmm. sick. 
Um, and then eventually I was like, oh, maybe this has got something to do with my antidepressants here. Maybe this has got something to do with that. And then I like read it and it was like brain zaps. And I was like, oh my God, this is the worst experience. It was the worst four days of my entire life. Oh my God. If anyone does zaps or like, how would you explain it? It feels like someone's shooting like electrical impulses, like through. Literally. It goes like from like the, there and you like you can't see just like under your brows uh-huh. sort of just like yeah an electrical current like running through your head every time you move. I used to get um, them head through. I literally used to get them through my arms as well. Like it was my yeah yeah. Get, oh. Like, oh my goodness! And every time I moved, like every time I would like even slightly twitch my head, like my brain, like my brain was just fog. Like I've had it if I even like even now, like if I forget, I take my tablet for like a couple of days. Um. Mm-hmm which is really bad don't do that <laughs> just take your tablets every day it'll be fine um but yeah they are the worst and I was so nauseous for the mm-hmm. first like eight or so weeks of taking them and I was like I can't live like this like I can't I can't live like this I was like yeah. being sick all the time and um like the physical side effects along with the mental side effects of starting surgery were bizarre yeah that's what I mean they're just weird yeah it's strange like it's so weird like with my disassociation I don't know whether that's because of the meds I take I don't know whether that I genuinely think mine started because of my meds because I'd never felt like that before where now if I'm in especially if I'm in a loud like a large crowd I can't go into shopping centers anymore like I can't can't, that just doesn't happen because I'm walking around I've got a blank facial expression and there's nothing behind my brain. Then he's like, are you all right? And I'm like, there's nothing there. I was like, I'm just going to faint. Literally like, yeah. Like you feel like you just like, it's so hard to explain, but you just feel like it's like you're outside your own body and you're just watching like an empty body. You just like walk mm-hmm. around. Yeah. It's like a good, it's like a little spirit. I'm a spirit walking around. There's nothing. <laughs> Lenny, Lenny's like, are you all right? He's like, you, you just don't look all right. And I'm like, I've got nothing to say like there's nothing yeah. to say like I can't even explain how I feel uh-huh. right now like I'm just yeah. I'm floating around everybody I'm watching myself move yeah, around like how it is. I can't I can't describe uh-huh. it any other way because um have you like is have you like what other like main things you've kind of learned from going to therapy going to therapy what have I learned um that's such a like therapist question isn't it isn't it <laughs> <laughs> also a really three pros three pros and one con Uh, no I don't know um I think like the main thing I think I learned from therapy is like I think sometimes you just sometimes like you can think you're ready for therapy but you're actually maybe not I like I know for a fact like I remember when I told um the therapist at uni that I'd been doing therapy ever since like mom died she was like that is not normal she was like that's far too early for you to be like analyzing yeah yourself and analyzing your experience I was still living through it I was still living how can I talk about something that I was still living through um so I think I learned that like sometimes you're not in the even that can change week by week but sometimes you're just not ready for therapy you're not ready to go through it um what else did I learn what did you learn let's go with that and then I've got gives me time to think Um, I think that um, I learned to not judge myself so quickly. 
yeah like the decisions that I make because at the end I started by judging myself on the decision of going to therapy and now I'm like it's the best thing I've ever done best thing yeah 100 percent um sometimes I because re- like I don't know like sometimes I regret like how open I am with like cert- certain strangers like sometimes I think like why was I so open with them when like they didn't even know me but at the end of the day it, like it worked in my favor favor because like I feel like sometimes I'm like very like reluctant to open up to people especially yeah, like, I am. experiences I remember one time I, I had like basically I had to call like emergency because I just had like a really bad episode and yeah. I got to the hospital and she I don't know if I've told you about this but it was horrendous I got to the hospital and she mm-hmm. was like I spoke to the JP and she could literally like see me shaking and crying she was like she gave me a leaflet on what is an what is anxiety and just like oh. sent my way oh, don't they all yeah so ever since then like I've been like so scared to like open up to people like I think like, I yeah know, I think therapy taught me not to be so scared of it and like yeah so, like I've like before therapy I would never ever speak like openly about any of this no to- no um no and now you're doing it on a platform like look how far you've come yeah and I think as well like going to therapy you put yourself in such a vulnerable vulnerable position you've got to kind of just like force yourself to like let your guard down yeah you've Um, already gone that far I think that's the thing like stepping through that door and accepting that you needed the therapy is a massive step so while you're there make the most of it like make the most of it like they are sworn under secrecy do you know what I mean no they aren't ever going to judge you they're not ever going to judge you they're just there for you to rant about your inner thoughts and your inner experiences um in a way that you probably wouldn't with anybody else Mm. um so yeah I think definitely like you just have to absolutely immerse yourself into it I think that's another thing I learned I think when you do realize that you're ready for it you can't be half-hearted with it if you know what I mean it won't work it won't work if you don't just throw yourself into it throw yourself into sharing every experience every thought every Mm -hmm. yeah like question chat like challenger challenging her that's really very sexist you know men (laughs) just all my more women um (laughs) but yeah like you've just got to you know challenge them ask them questions yeah Um, yeah just like throw yourself into it yeah definitely because I think sometimes I know I held back from like telling my therapist stuff because I was too scared remember when I first started like with self-harm like I was too scared to tell my therapist anything about it because I was mm-hmm. just like I can't do it like I can't yeah. even myself so I can't admit it's, a, it. it's part of admitting it to yourself isn't it but it's, yeah and as soon as I did it like I just felt so much better like mm-hmm. it's just kind of yeah you've just got to be as open as you can to your therapist definitely 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 um, is there any things that you've learned being on antidepressants anything that you have learned about yourself from uh, being on antidepressants that you didn't learn from talking therapy I think to be fair when I went to therapy like there was no discussion of medication at all like it just like no we, yeah I ever spoke about it I think because a lot of the time they kind of steer you away from like making that decision they do um, but as much as like they've like had such bad physical effects and stuff on me like I wouldn't regret like going no. on to like I think they have no. gave me such good help if I if I I have be, became very reliant on them but that's not like a bad thing like no through the day you know what I mean um, absolutely you've got to do whatever gets you through definitely and I think 
as much as we we've kind of just projected how much we hate surgery and I think I am very like I don't know I think I am quite pro medication when it comes to stuff like it's just I am experience yeah yeah I I honestly think like I'm not on surgery now I was on surgery for like two years nearly two years and it changed like it changed my literally changed my life like it did yeah. um it helped when I was on it it helped with what I needed um it was only at the tail end where it started to just not work anymore for me like I don't know I don't know what it was I don't know whether it was like a change of environment because everything can be affected by your medication and yeah. just basically like even though it's prescribed to help with anxiety disorder and depression it was helping it was helping with my depression in the sense that I could function like whatever function yeah. means like I could stereotypically function like I could wake up and get dressed and stuff yeah but my anxiety side of it was horrendous like I've never ever ever in my life been so anxious as I was like a month ago mm-hmm. um like I wasn't leaving the house like I was literally just staying at home until Lenny was coming home from work or like if he was at the gym I wouldn't leave the house I wouldn't like I wouldn't even go to the shop around the corner just to get some food like I'd rather starve and wait for him to come in and do it for yeah. me like it sounds funny but like it's crazy like uh-huh. the power that it has feeling as well like when you're like that like it feels to me like as well it feels so like chemical it's just like like someone's just got like the hand on my head like this and like yeah I can't, I can't do anything yeah I couldn't I I uh-huh. just felt felt so trapped and I just was like really starting to like feel like shame in my mental illness like I was feeling ashamed of how I felt because I was becoming like so reliant on Lenny like I could understand like you don't ever I don't ever want to be reliant on somebody mm-hmm. I want to be able to function on my own where I just was not able to um so I've just changed medication now to another antidepressant called escitalopram if anyone's been on it or heard of it I'd never heard of it until <laughs> No, I'd never heard of it until the pharmacist was like, we're going to put you on that. Um, and honestly, I feel like my life has just, like, I've been living in darkness and I've seen the light. Like, honestly, oh, that makes me my, so my brain, like, like, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> honestly, I felt like my life was a haze on sertraline. That's like, I think it really does affect, <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it really was affecting like my brain capacity and like I was just living in a haze like I feel like I was living in a haze for like a year of my life that's um, literally how it feels like it's, it's awful yeah it's horrible um even though it like allows you to sort of function and you can get up and get out your brain mm. is not like your brain isn't working your brain isn't there Physically you can but mentally like you still feel quite yeah. I don't know I feel hazy I felt like I was high mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like all the time um but honestly like these I mean I've not been on these tablets long um but before I went on to them I had to like reduce so I was on 100 milligrams of sertraline mm-hmm. um and then basically to like wean me off them he put me on 50 milligrams of sertraline um for a week and until and then I started the escitalopram and mm-hmm. even just that reduction in my dosage helped so much like mm-hmm. I don't know it just allowed my brain to just function yeah um and like my anxiety I've I don't know I don't know what again like it's the sort of whole debate of like you know have you ever used rescue remedy no never 
Oh my god! So it's like you can—you don't even have to buy it over the counter. It's from mm-hmm. Boots, and you can like put like droplets on your tongue, or they do like pastels. Like they're just like supposed to combat anxiety, right? Um, my mom got me on them when I was like fourteen, like mm-hmm. just putting like four drops of Rescue Remedy on your tongue. <laughs> and I don't know whether it's like a psychological thing, whether you just think, oh, like I feel so much better now I've taken those, or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Because you don't even have to, you you can you don't even have to get them over the counter. Like they're just on the shop oh, floor. Really? Um, oh, I've heard of them before. Yeah, like they're not rescue remedy. Yeah, it's like it's really weird. Um, so I don't know whether it's like that. When I used to be when I used to like if I was feeling anxious, I would have like four drops of uh, rescue remedy or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know whether it's that same effect or like whether they're actually working, but like honestly so far so good like I think I was just so ready for the change mm-hmm. and like needed to change that they're just they seem to be working really yeah, well that's good. so I definitely say I definitely say to anyone that's like sort of feeling like they're struggling with their their medication to have a, a review of it because I would have kept being on I'd have kept on that 100 milligrams of sertraline and lived my life in a haze so yeah you learn so there you go it's all about yeah it's all about working out it's the same with like any medication like you know the pill or whatever contraception whatever like if it's not if something just doesn't feel right it's normally not right I feel like that sums up everything like try out as many things as you can yeah like it's not like a one one size fits all it's not like a linear thing there's so much no um but I've, I've really enjoyed chatting. I think this has been one so of my favorite podcasts. This has been one of my faves, 100%. Really it. Because yeah. I think it's something that we both just can relate to and Connect haven't on, really yeah. probably ever, like, yeah, haven't really ever talked about it with each other. I've never really talked about it with anyone. Yeah, me too. Um, but no, I've really enjoyed it. We're in such a, like, little podcast mode now. We're about to film another one. I feel like my mouth. I know, is- literally. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, I need, like, a drink. I need a drink to just, like sort ourselves out yeah but, um, relax my jaw but that was so nice that was lovely um it really was I really hope that it's managed to pardon I feel like we need to do like a part two or something definitely but, um, as well any messages or like inquiries about anything relating to this obviously message us on Instagram 100% um, any questions we're obviously more than happy well we want to yeah um, absolutely um I yeah, like I was cool. thinking. Um, I was thinking one night we should do like an Instagram live. Yeah, that would be. Oh my god! Like, like, oh, it was really awkward. And uh, so would be, I. <laughs> like, I think that would be no, I do. Like, if we just like gave a topic yeah. that we wanted to talk about, like, and like have a bit of an interactive thing, because I feel like as much as part of the podcast, we try and incorporate everything, like, like you want us to talk about yeah it's very much like you send them in and then we talk about them and then you listen after like yeah where um, if it was like happening at the time it would be more interactive no i'd be up to that cut out there push myself yeah push yourselves (laughs) come on we can do it absolutely that was very that was really fun i enjoyed that Yeah, yeah definitely off to film another podcast now yes i have to do another one so we're gonna be like back to back we're gonna be on it like a car bonnet oh yes we are (laughs) but yeah i really hope i know i know literally (laughs) um but i really hope that this helped anybody who has any questions was thinking about therapy was thinking about antidepressants 
mm-hmm. just wanted to know more whatever yeah, definitely um I hope it helped in some way for everybody yes me too and yeah well, I hope you're having a lovely night or whatever you're doing and um take care and we'll speak to you really soon bye 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 bye